0: Everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron, and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches, and our wonderful world of magic.
1: Hello everyone. Today, I have another special guest, and her name is Leah, and Leah is a military spouse and very active in the pagan community at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Welcome,
2: Leah. Hi, thank you for having me.
1: Well, let's talk about you and how you became involved with the Open Circle at Fort Sill. That must have started a long time ago. It's been a little over a decade
2: yep it started, of course, being military spouse. It started with my husband being transferred from Fort Drum up in New York to Fort Sill down here in Oklahoma, which was a big move for me. but he already had some friends here who were also involved you know in in the pagan faith and all of that, and it turns out that two of them were at the time leading Fort Sill Open Circle, our pagan service here. And so we joined. At the time, I was very much solitary. I didn't do big group practices. I had been to a couple of group rituals, group practices, but it just kind of wasn't quite my thing. But when we got here and started that out with his friends, April and David, it became my life. I I waited all week for Sundays to be able to do this. I actually had quite a bit of social anxiety at the time. So to be around a big group of people was at first uncomfortable for me, but it grew on me. And then just a few months after we got here and started with that, they ended up having to step down as the people who were leading the group. And everybody said, who's going to take over? And all the eyes turned to me and I went, oh, what, what did I just get myself into? <laughs> but that's how it happened. And honestly, it's been a fantastic experience. I no longer have any of that social anxiety because I'm, I'm so used to being in a crowded room at least once a week with all these people. And it's just been a really great thing all around. And you have been doing this for a very long time. I started when I was 12, and in another couple of months, I will be 46. I was 12 years old when I started practicing. How did that all start? Uh, it was a birthday gift from one of my cousins. Who He gave me a book and said, Here, I think this might be something that you would be interested in. And I looked at it and went, Is, is this fiction? What, what am I looking at? But I flipped through it, and... I liked it. I really liked it. I was raised Lutheran, so it definitely was not something that I could bust right out with, with my mom, you know, but I kind of did it on my own secretly so that mom and dad wouldn't freak out. But then uh, when I had to go through, you know, you have to go through confirmation classes for the church. And I was told that I probably shouldn't be there because I asked too many questions. And that was when I finally said, Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm, I'm pagan all the way and been that way ever since. Do you remember the title of that book? I think that it may have been Buckland's complete book of witchcraft. Oh, the big blue book. The big blue book. Yep. I think we all have that one. It's almost required reading, isn't it? It's on my list of suggested reading to all of the, the new people that, that join our group.
1: I still have mine from a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. You were at Fort Drum. Did you practice at all with anybody
2: up at Fort Drum? There was a group up there that we had kind of started to, to get involved with. But like I said, we only did one, maybe two rituals with them. And I, I think they were both as fits, just full moon, you know, little, little quiet things in somebody's backyard. But it was
1: nice. Did they have an open circle at Fort Drum?
2: Not military related. No, that's the hard part—is finding military-related circles.
1: I'm familiar with Fort Drum. That's where I lived when I went to graduate
2: school. Okay, I grew up right between Rochester and Syracuse. So you're used to that weather up there. Yep, and I don't miss it. I love Oklahoma.
1: <laughs> Did you not go through with your confirmation?
2: No, I did not because they, like I said, they told me that I shouldn't come back because I asked too many questions. So I didn't. Do you remember any of those questions? A lot of them were just, you know, the Bible says this, but science and history tell me this, why don't those two things go together? And they didn't like that very much. But the final question that the pastor really didn't like, he was telling us, you know, God is... God is not male or female god is god and i said then why do we always call him he i kind of thought that i already knew the answer to it but i wanted i wanted something about that from the pastor and he he didn't like it at all he thought that i was being rude and just told me that i shouldn't come back he just didn't know how to answer your question i don't think that he did no and, you know, of course, now I can say for sure it was that's how society was. It's just it's just everything that didn't have a specific gender was going to be he if it was somebody that was in charge or, you know, higher up on the food chain, if you will. It was it was just normal back then.
1: Your cousin introduced you to Raymond Buckland's Big Blue Book. Yes. Yes. I'm assuming that your husband is also pagan, so how how did you meet him, and how (laughs) did that all happen? Because it's not too frequent that a pagan meets another pagan, unless you're in the same circles.
2: He was stationed at Fort Drum at the time, and we actually met playing a video game. He joined my guild, and At one point, we knew of four or five people in the area that were all playing the same game. And we said, hey, how about if we get together and, you know, have a face-to-face meetup with all these other gamers? And he's the only one that showed up besides me. And we both kind of went, oh, well, I guess we'll sit down and start talking. And I don't even remember how the topic of faith came up, but it turns out that we both were. And of course we said, this is, you know, we'll start seeing each other on weekends, but it's never going to be serious. This is never going to be serious ever. Next month we will be married for 13 years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you wonder if he tried to trick you (laughs) and it
2: had it all set up? (laughs) Uh, No, no, I actually don't. He knows, he knows a lot about it. He's, you know, a little bit different style than mine which is okay. That's, you know, that's never a problem. I've learned some things from him. He's learned some things from me. So it works. Do you have children? He has two daughters from his first marriage. I have two sons from my first marriage and all of them are grown and either off and on their own or in college now.
1: So did they participate in any of your circles or
2: rituals or Sabbaths? His daughters do not. They they were raised with their mother, and so they haven't had as much experience, as much time, I guess, with us to be involved in it, so they don't. Although they've started to show a little bit of interest in, in some bits and pieces of it. My boys have both been a part of some of what we've done, but I always told them, it's your choice. I can't tell you what you have to believe just because your mom believes it. So um, one of my sons, my older son, is a little bit more agnostic, I would say. And my younger son is actually one of my assistants at the group on Sundays.
1: What is a typical day like when you are at the Open Circle at Fort Sale?
2: Well, we meet every Sunday, because that's the Army gave us every Sunday. Um, we meet first with the basic trainees, because we're a trade off base. We are with them from 8.30 to 11.30, and we usually choose a topic, a subject that we're going to cover, and sometimes it's just open discussion. Sometimes I have a PowerPoint made up to go with it. Sometimes we read from books. And of course, every six weeks ish we have an actual celebration for one of the sabbats and then that finishes up at eleven thirty, and then we go over to a second service for the kids that are in advanced training or the ones that are already done with training in our permanent party soldiers or any civilians that want to join in us and um we have more discussions over there. It's the same same topic, not same topic necessarily every week, but same idea of having a topic that we discuss and figure out, this is how I do this or how I see this. What do you do? What, what is your way of dealing with it? Because that's how we learn from each other.
1: you know. These basic trainees, are they also pagans or are they pagan curious or are they trying to get out of the barracks because it's a day off?
2: I usually tell them every Sunday, be respectful of the other people in this room, because we usually see right now this time of year, our average number is anywhere from 80 to 100 people for that basic trainee service. And I tell them, be respectful of the other people in this room with you right now, because not all of us are pagan. We are open circle. So some of, some of them are pagan, which is great. Some of them are curious about it. Maybe they've heard of it before, but never really had an opportunity to experience it. That's great. Some of them looked at the list of available services and went, what's Wicca? I'm okay with that. I'm even okay with it if they're just there to get out of the barracks for a couple hours, as long as they're not there to cause trouble or, you know, hang out with somebody that they shouldn't be hanging out with. As long as they're not causing a problem, they're welcome to be there because... What's the worst that could happen? They might learn something. Have you had any problems from anybody? Um, I think the the worst problem that we've had is occasionally there will be a couple, if you will, uh, people that decided to start a relationship with each other while they're in training, which is a big no-no, and they will occasionally bounce from service to service to be able to spend time Trying to hide that they're holding hands or snuggling with each other, we've had that a few times, and we've had to ask them to sit separately. But they're usually they're usually not bad. We've never had anybody come in and you know start a big argument with us, or it's, it's, we've never had that kind of problem. It's a good group. As
1: far as the cadre is concerned, did you have to educate them on Wicca and what? circles whether they're closed circles or open circles are
2: not really most of them are already pretty well I'm not going to say they're knowledgeable about about our faith specifically but they understand what their role is as the cadre you know dealing with different faith groups and and how to do that and of course I had to I had to go through training with the army to be able to lead this group so I have my own certificate that says that I am support cadre What is your title there? Distinctive Religious Group Leader. We always make fun of that because if you just take the initials D-R-G-L, sounds like a cartoon dog name, (laughs) Dirkle. Distinctive Religious
1: Group Leader. Were you trained by anyone or sponsored by any
2: organization? We are sponsored by Sacred Law Congregation. And I also went through their deaconry training program to be able to lead this group. Tell us a little bit about that training. A lot of it was, you know this is this is how Sacred well with their you know their green craft, this is how they do things, um, learning a lot of the, a lot of the little details that you would want someone who's leading a group to know and a lot of reading books and then writing you know a, a brief, paper on what do I think is the most important thing that came from that book. So it was very easy. It was a very easy course. It takes about about a year to finish it if you keep up with it, but they don't necessarily say, oh, this assignment is late, so now you're going to lose points. There, there really isn't much of a point system. When the former
1: leaders step down and they ask you to step in, is that when you started your training with Sacred Well Congregation?
2: Yes, we had to figure out what to do for a sponsor church, and at the time we were with Chalice Circle. Circle, I'm saying that wrong. We were with the one with Selena Fox. Oh, Circle Sanctuary. Circle Sanctuary. Yes, thank you. Um, we were sponsored at the time by Circle Sanctuary, but in trying to work things out, was switching who was in charge. We were having some issues getting a hold of them, so we said we're going to need to we're going to need to look for a different option. We need somebody that's going to be able to be there when we need them. And at the time, the only other option was Sacred Well, so we switched over there, and it's been really good. Every time I've ever had any questions or issues, I've been able to go there, and of course, it was Doctor Orender for how many years was able to help me with just about everything and uh, now it's Ron Schaefer who is also really good at responding when I need him.
1: Ron Schaefer has just recently stepped down and now the new executive oh, I didn't even know Yeah, that. now the new executive director is Shane Nelson, who used to be the director of military
2: affairs. I love Shane. Shane and I have had many phone conversations and Facebook text conversations.
1: How long do you expect to continue doing the open circle at Fort Sale? You know that's
2: a tough question. That's a tough question because I would like to say as long as i as long as I can forever. This is you know I enjoy it. It has given me a really good purpose in life, I guess, if you want to, but again, multiple sclerosis. I'm not quite sure how much longer I will be able to, but I'm pretty stubborn, so for now. I keep going as long as I can. That's wonderful. I'm way too stubborn. Way too stubborn to just say, Well, that's it.
1: I quit. Have you had any personal struggles with Wicca, paganism, your spiritual path?
2: I don't think that it would be fair to say no, because I think everybody does occasionally throughout life have those moments where they go, Is this is this, you know, is this a real thing or is this just some idea in my head, is it real or is it, I feel like I'm going into a queen song here. (laughs) Everybody has doubts from time to time. Everybody has doubts. That's unavoidable. But I don't think that I've ever had any long-term, you know, saying, well, that's it. I give up, flip the table. This isn't real. I'm going to, you know, go back to Christianity. I've never had anything like that. But yeah, there've definitely been some moments when I've sat back and thought, why, how could this possibly happen if, if there was really somebody watching over me or anything like that? But I realize, you know, once I get over that, I realize that it's, it's all a test. What can I deal with? What can I get through? And I'm okay with that. I've come out stronger for all of it so far.
1: Well, you started out with anxiety, attending the open circle, and now you're leading it and you work through that anxiety.
2: Absolutely. And health-wise, you know, I've been through a couple of strokes and MS and one cancer scare. So whatever else life has to throw at me, bring it. I'm ready. I may not like the test every now and then, but I'm pretty good at passing them, I think.
1: Are you able to live openly pagan where you live in your
2: area in Oklahoma? I don't think that it's really uh, difficult to live openly as a pagan. I'm I'm not necessarily the type to broadcast it to everybody. Hey, you know, hi, my name is Leah and I'm pagan. Not quite like that, but I definitely don't hide it either. I've always got you know the the medallion on. I don't hide that. If anybody asks you know, I'm, I'm open about it with that. I don't hide it, but I don't broadcast it.
1: Your cousin somehow thought that you would enjoy the big blue book, but you also felt that you had to hide it from your parents. Yes.
2: Do you still hide that from your parents? Um, Well, both my parents are gone now, so I don't have to, but I did not hide it anymore after Oh, gosh, I think right, right about when I was 18 or 19. And I said, Look, I'm an adult. Now I'm not a child living in your home. I can believe and practice, what's right for me. You know, and it, it took my mom a little while to get over that. But she accepted it. She I wouldn't say that she was, you know, thrilled and happy with it. But she accepted it. So it was good.
1: And your husband was active duty. Is he still active duty? He retired in 2016. On his dog tags, did he have a
2: religious preference? I think that his said no religious preference. Because, you know, at the time they didn't, they don't really like looking up the code to put anything different on the ID tags. (laughs) They've gotten a lot better about it now. Did he have any issues with paganism
1: when he was in the military? Not that he's ever said to me. Yeah, it's evolved quite a bit. Since he retired in 2016, there are plenty of open circles in the military.
2: Yeah. No, as far as I know, he never had any problems with it. But again, he's like me. He doesn't go around making sure that everyone knows that he's pagan. It's just its just a part of who he is. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. I think the, the best advice that I can give to anybody who's listening as someone who deals with a lot of younger people who are just coming into it with all the the basic trainees that are getting their first chance to experience that go slow, just go slow. You don't have to dive headfirst into, you know, casting spells and hexing your enemies and all of that. Cause we, we do see a lot of people who want that. That's the very first thing they go to is, well. Can you do this to my ex or can you teach me how to do this to my, you know, Former best friend or can you make sure that this relationship is perfect? No, no, I can't. That's not how it works. So go slow. Learn, learn about it before you really start jumping into it. Cause it's a, it's a long process. I mean, you know, like we said earlier, I've been doing this for a few decades now. I'm not done learning and I hope that I never am done learning. Because that's, that's the best part is finding all the new stuff every time I look at a new book or talk to a new person. Learn as much as you can.
1: You see that a lot with the trainees that they want some instant gratification with like a money spell or a love spell. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I mean, we can laugh about it with our experience now, but...
2: You know, I can't deny that I was a little bit like that at one point in my life. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's looking back you know, looking at them now and seeing me in some of them. A lot of them call me mom. That's a part of
1: growing spiritually. You start out with, hey, you know, I could do this love spell. And, mm-hmm. and then we look back and think, boy, that was dumb.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there have been quite a few facepalm moments for me when I look at things that I did, you know, 30 years ago. I wish that I could be, you know, the body that I had when I was in my twenties with all the brain that I have now, that would be perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah. Somehow that's backwards, isn't it?
2: It is. It is.
1: I guess in life we just can't have it all, you know?
2: Hey, I'll take what I got. Yeah. I'll take what I got. Cause when I look around, I see that it's, it's not that bad. There's a lot of people that have it worse than I do. So I'm good with what I got.
1: And you know that's where gratitude comes in. Absolutely, yes, yes. What else would you like to share?
2: Um, I will. I will give myself a little pre-advertising if I can. Is that okay?
1: Absolutely.
2: Oh, cool. Of course, a lot of people within the community know about the Elsa and Elsie and Puka books for kids, and we know that the author Laura Craig Craigadas passed away last year. I feel that that left sort of a big hole for a lot of pagan families with younger kids. So I had started talking to her. She had given me permission to make some YouTube videos of me reading some of her stories. And I did a few of those. But then after she passed, I kind of stopped because I thought, I don't like it that she's not there to approve of them anymore. But we need something to fill that without those kids' resources anymore. So I have started working on a couple of books or kids that are being raised in pagan families that I hope to be publishing by the end of this year. It's going to be a little bit different, a little bit different because my familiar is not a cat or a dog. My familiar is a leopard gecko.
1: And the familiar in your books is going to be in your new children's series? Yes. Oh, that's exciting. We need more pagan children's books.
2: I agree. That's, that's exactly my. Thought on all of that. We've got so many books, so many books for adults that are learning and even some that's, you know, for teenagers, but not so much for younger kids. And I think that that's something that we need so that they don't grow up thinking, you know, oh my gosh, my mom is pagan. I can't tell anybody I have to hide that. I should be ashamed of it. I don't want that. So we need more kid stuff. I saw a cute
1: meme on Facebook not too long ago where it said something along the lines it's parent career day. And this kid is, you know, a little upset because his mom's going to come to school to show off her tarot cards. Mm-hmm. My son would have been proud to say, my mom's bringing her tarot cards.
2: Oh, I think my kids would have loved it if I'd ever done anything like that.
1: Yeah. So you're reading these books now. Are they available on YouTube? Is that how you're reading them? The
2: Elsie and Puka books by Laura Craig Gaddis. I have, I think, four videos on YouTube, but that's, you know, from two years ago. What is that YouTube channel? Let me see if I can remember. I think it's under (laughs) the Wild Wisp, but it's spelled kind of funny. It's W-Y-L-D-E-W-Y-S-P. I'll put that all in the episode notes.
1: And when you have your book published, I'll have to invite you back so we can
2: talk about your published children's books. That would be great. I could probably even bring the, the gecko in here and you could see her in a little video. Oh,
1: that would be really neat. Fantastic. I will look forward to that. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been wonderful. Thank you for having me. And it's really nice to know that we have people like you who are leading these open circles on the military bases.
2: It's, it's not something I ever expected to fall into, but I'm glad that I did. Well, you were supposed to. It landed in your
1: lap. And when something lands in your lap, it's supposed to happen, right? That's the way it is. And that's my belief. Okay. It's been wonderful having you. Until next
2: time. Thank
0: you. Thank you for joining us for Witchcasting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at TheodoraPendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time and may your magic always shine.